Hey, Brittany and Jesse. My wife and I are expecting our first daughter in October, our first child, actually. And I can promise you that she will never, ever listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Brittany's the best part. Thank you. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us this 403rd episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, once again, to your chagrin, Jesse Dollamore, and I am seated right next to the podcast co-host extraordinaire, lovely, talented, and scholarly, as you've come to expect, Brittany Page. Still recovering. Still recovering. Yeah, but making progress. You need to get that shit under control. I'm trying really hard. Get it done. It's quite difficult. No. Yes. I think you're being lazy about your recovery. I think my immune system is being lazy. Yeah. You're one in the, it's one in the same. I don't know about that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Because I am, I am a doctor. Mm. (laughs) I am a physician. That is not correct. This episode is brought to you by, as every episode is, our loyal and lovely Patreon supporters. This one happens to be a little different because this is the contest winner episode. Yeah. Catherine and Chris, a a, a compendium of K names. Yeah. And uh, they're joining us. They are the contest winners. They are the Patreon supporters. Catherine and Chris, thank you both for your loyalty and your support of the show, but also for saying you were game to do the, to do the contest. Yeah. Welcome awesome. to the show. Thanks. Thanks for uh, all you guys do. And Minnesota, huh? Oh, yeah. Good old uh, progressive Minnesota. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm with Catherine. Kind of. Because it is a weird... Like, when I worked for the Senate, Rod Grams was the senator there. Like a... Mm -hmm. Former, like, news anchor guy. Mm -hmm. And... uh, not a not a progressive. Hmm. I mean, uh, the the who's the the goofy wrestler guy that was the governor? Well, um, I believe it may. Have, I don't know if it was uh, Ventura, but it that's may right. Have been, I think that was Navy, Navy Seal. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, Jesse Navy Ventura. Seal, Navy Seal, when like in Vietnam, when like they just had gotten started, they, they weren't the Navy Seals they are now. Isn't Jesse Ventura yeah. uh, like a conspiracy theorist? Nine Eleven truther, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Minnesota is definitely a, quite the mixed bag. But uh, I like to think of it as progressive. At least I like to think so. <laughs> well, I think it's one of those states where the progressives are progressive. It's the real yes. deal. Then you've got some, you know, outlier kind of nutter butter types. Not so much. Yep, and I, I think it's I think it's an interesting case because this is the state where you have like the strong progressive stance that's near the cities, and then when you go out to the rural area, that's where the Trump supporters are at, and they're they're diehard Trump supporters. They're the hardcore ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is often often the way it is. I think everywhere all across the country. So. So, I wanted to start today, kind of like a normal episode, where we talk about 
kind of people's idi- idiosyncrasies mm. and also kind of piggybacking off of a, a pet peeve of mine. Oh, okay. And I think mm-hmm. you will share with me this problem. Okay. So it's primarily your pet peeve. Yes. And I'm just going to share it. No, I'm going to see if you agree with me. <laughs> okay. So, one, you're, as the audience knows, a mild germaphobe. Yeah. And we say mild because we are, you know, I'm not Howard Hughes. <laughs> I'm not wearing the Kleenex boxes on my hands and feet. I can go about my day. Not all the time. Yeah, I mean, on occasion when it's necessary. But generally, I can go about the day in a normal way. So, our house is a shoes-free atmosphere. That is correct. And whenever we have someone over to the house, mm-hmm. you have two kinds of people. Yeah. You have the, they get it because they see shoes before you walk onto the carpet. Yes. They that see are just the, there. They see the shoes by the door. Yeah. And then there are the types who say, oh, they see the shoes and they say, should I take, do I need to take off my shoes? Right. <laughs> I think those people are assholes. Those, those people are, um, the, the rules don't apply to them, right? Or they desperately don't want them to. Yeah. But you didn't say what the two types of people are. The, the one type just removes them upon seeing the yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second type sees the shoes and then says, oh, do I need to also take mine off? Which puts someone in a difficult position because you don't want to have to say, yeah, I want you to go through the trouble of doing that, yeah, you yeah. know, and put someone out. So they're kind of putting you in a position where you're forced to say, no, you don't need to do that. I think a better way, a question for them to ask would be, um, do the rules also apply to me? Right. <laughs> Am I exempt from this? Yeah, that would be a better way. It must. Does that bother you, though? Because I know that of you're... Of course it bothers me. <laughs> I, I saw serious. I saw I, I saw a video <laughs> I saw a video on Facebook about the um, the germs that are brought into the house if you wear your shoes in the house and just think about it I always say it's all connected everyone makes fun of me it's a but very common thing Brittany says all the time if you're it's all connected if you're walking around <laughs> and you're in a public bathroom and you're you're you know step in a piss puddle and <laughs> in the public bathroom or even a pet piss puddle when you're taking a walk like who knows okay. Okay, and then you walk into your house. Apparently, the atmosphere in which Brittany navigates is just riddled with piss puddles. And then you walk into your house, and then you step around with the piss puddle shoes, and then you step on the same area where the piss puddle shoes were with your bare feet, and then you get in your bed with the piss puddle shoes, bare feet in the bed. It's just, it's, see, it's all connected. Everything's connected. Science. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you're welcome. Are you guys a shoe uh, sh- shoes off house? Yes. There you go. Well, what, what, what they can't. Never. They're not going to say, yeah, we love to get down with the shoes in the house. They can't say that now. No, actually, we have a piss puddle house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do have a piss puddle house, but it's from animals, not oh. from our shoes. Animal piss so, uh, is just as, as yeah. nasty as human piss. <laughs> no. Yes. Oh, it's yes, not. ma'am. It certainly is. <laughs> we need a study. The on world this. is filthy beyond that. I don't want it in my home. <laughs> so anyway, I guess you're not alone. Yeah. Well, I, I feel yeah. I feel much better knowing I'm not alone. That is great. Yeah. You you you're taking refuge and consensus in. Uh, um. I don't know. I mean, I would like to know if it actually is the majority of people are shoes off household type people. Anti piss puddle households. W- what about your child at home? Oh no, fucking shoes oh, off. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We were just dirty pigs, though. <laughs> well, I mean, I obviously come from a white trash household, but we still were no shoes in the house and in fact the front door was like 20 pairs of shoes don't even know where they came from just like spiders in them rats it was like yeah it was just like a pile of old shoes right Well, listen, uh, as with every episode, we, we do have some emails and some voicemails to get through. This topic of incels, involuntary celibacy, uh, has really struck a nerve. And we, we, have, we have some emails, uh, a correction from our chief involuntary celibacy correspondent uh team ian in washington dc yeah uh, an email there and then but let's start let's start with the voicemail hi jesse hi Brittany. how y'all doing this is sean again um hoping y'all feeling a little bit better but uh i just wanted to call and comment on the in sales the out sales whatever sales they want to call themselves i don't agree at all i feel like a man is not entitled to a woman's vagina I don't care what year it was, 1827 or 2018. I just don't agree. But what I will say is I feel like that there are a lot of people who live on the fringe of society and that the companionship of a woman might, just might, stop them from acting a little crazy. Now, I don't know, but all I'm saying is prostitution, brothels are perfectly legal in Nevada. They didn't break into chaos, crime and all of that didn't consume the town. It's called Sin City, but it's still a very, it's top, one of the top tourist attractions in the world. So what I'm trying to understand is why can't we legalize brothels across America? I really feel like if guys had way more opportunity, and I know this sounds real uh, misogynistic, but hey, this is still the world we live in. This is what I'm saying. America... We try to pretend like we not America, as if slavery didn't happen, as if we didn't brutally murder Indians. Uh, this country runs off sex, money, and drugs. That's the truth, whether you're Bible Belt or not. That's what it is. So my thing is, if maybe if we put brothels across America, some of these we can stop some of these just by giving these men a, a, a healthy place to go be a weirdo at, where a woman pretends to, because a strip club isn't enough. Yeah, she shakes on him, but he spends five, six hundred dollars and he doesn't complete. That's frustrating. You know, so he still got to go damn. home and do it himself. Oh, that's why I'm thinking about the brothels. I'm just trying. I just feel like in 2018, if we're cool with letting gay people get married, we're cool with giving transgenders their own bathroom. Why is it that prostitution, the world's oldest uh, profession, is still being shunned? I'm only using the logic of the people in Europe who did the whole heroin clinics. When they introduced the heroin clinics, heroin addiction went down, overdoses went down, uh, transmitted diseases due to dead, dirty needles went down. Maybe if we put brothels across America, a lot of other crime might go down. I mean, weed has been working out just fine, and I, I, I really myself personally feel like we can't never accomplish any of this until we get these geriatric uh, fuckers out of these offices <laughs> because uh, how many people in the house the senate the supreme court and the white house is over 60 i don't feel like you should be running the country and making decisions for the rest of us uh, us younger folks when we don't even want to give you a driver's license when you still remember three channels on the tv and fireside chats with theodore roosevelt 
But that's just my opinion. Uh, Britney's the best part. Just keep doing your thing, and I really do hope y'all feel better. Love the show. Britney's the best part. <laughs> wow, where to that start? Was fun. Goddamn, Sean. Every every time Sean calls in. Uh, first, let me. I wish Sean was here because then I would be able to ask him a couple follow-ups. What do you mean we put broth? What is this like royal we? We should put brothels from sea to shining sea. I need patriotic music to play behind me. Uh-huh. What is this we? Like, how, how is this initiative uh, accomplished? Is it through government action? Mm-hmm. Is it through some entrepreneurial measure? What, what yeah. exactly does that? How do we accomplish that? Yeah. I, well, my... Or do you think he's generally just saying prostitution should be legal? I don't want to speak for Sean. So uh, <laughs> he'll have to follow up on that. But I I take issue with the idea that um, the answer to the incels is to give them women's bodies so that they stop being upset. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure that that is the... Uh, solution to that problem so again i think i think when we have this conversation we talk about incels and we may conflate that with just like isolated lonely men that are frustrated that they can't find a partner so when we do talk about incels we're referring specifically to those angry men that are going into the seedy parts of the internet to talk about how they believe they should be able to rape women yeah and take the bodies because uh the stacy's are and the chads are banging the chads <laughs> and the chads need to give up some stacy's so they can Fucking have some stacy's so i i when we're talking about the those those people, the incels, I'm not sure the answer to that is to their problem is to have sex with women. I don't know if someone who wants to rape women and is so angry that they their their yeah. serious problems that they have are going to be solved by just you know uh, having sex. I would say something more vulgar, but I can't. Um, so. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's not a solution. Yeah. I, I would actually, um, so I would say that I would absolutely agree with like everything that Brittany said. I, I honestly believe, um, I'm not close-minded to the idea of prostitution becoming legalized, but I don't think that would fix the problem with this incel in the first place. No. It sounds like the incel issue from what I've, you know, I can relate to it to some degree. I've, I've been in a place, I'm sure a lot of people have been in a place where they've struggled and they felt lonely. We all can feel compassionate about that. I think the part that people lose compassion is when that person that is feeling like there's no compassion for them loses compassion for other people and commits atrocities because they feel like they're being you know, marginalized. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to have compassion for someone else that has no compassion for other people in the first place. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we've talked about it, that it's absolutely... Um... Everybody has felt lonely at one time or another, but it, it's those. There's an entitlement aspect here that's not that we are talking about, but is not really. I think is the underlying issue that they feel lonely, like I have felt lonely, like I'm sure both of you have felt lonely, but you didn't answer that loneliness with an attitude of entitlement mm-hmm. that I. I'm somehow special and I don't deserve loneliness. I I should I I don't know. It's just fucking it's a weird entitlement attitude that I I don't uh I don't get. Yeah, I was going to share a Cosmopolitan article, but <laughs> 
<laughs> I was uh, I was nervous about that. In fact, I still have it typed out. Note: I apologize for sharing a Cosmopolitan article because I there it is right yeah, there. But um, I I liked this line from it, and this is about incels. She says, "Quote: The disappointment of men who fail to sleep with whichever woman they choose is not as important as the safety and bodily autonomy of women." And I love that because yeah. these these incels are they really feel they're entitled yeah. to women's bodies um, and that the Stacy's just need to give it up and that the Chad's should give up more Stacy's to make it more equitable for the non Chad's. Yeah. Like the Chad's own and possess the Stacy's to give mm-hmm. up. Like it's a fucking commodity. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know what would solve this problem? Several dozen bricks being smashed into heads. Just fucking eliminate this problem. Oh, that- <laughs> Jesse went there, everybody. Yeah, just fuck these people, man. I- I'm. Let me tell you. I'm Again, very... you're talking about the radical, violent incels, not just lonely men. We need to. No, I'm. I'm very. I'm. I'm if this was a, a video version of the show, I'm up to here. Past your chin. Yeah, with. For, I'll with help the, you out. With this weird sense of sympathy and oh, just put yourself in their shoes. They really, oh, they're just awkward and they don't know how to relate. Oh, so naturally, the reaction should be rape and violence toward women. Mm -hmm. Fuck these guys. Fuck these people. That's exactly it, is that it has nothing to do with them being awkward or lonely. It has to do with them wanting control over over other people who are, who they perceive as, you know, being an enemy to them and then wanting to take that control back and not about them being lonely or wanting well, and, sex or companionship. Yeah, and I think that's what, like you're saying, there's people who keep saying, well, we need to have compassion. But again, I think that those people are trying to distinguish between the incels and then just like lonely dudes who mm-hmm. are having difficulty. That's right. And again, that is a fair conversation to have. We should be talking about how people can or what we need to do differently in society to help people be more open more men be open about being vulnerable and their feelings and all those things you know they should just watch jesse d and he will cry (laughs) and then they'll feel like they can do that right i cry all the time so fuck (laughs) i don't know and clearly listen before anybody sends emails or fucking sends a voicemail i'm making a joke about smashing people's heads with bricks. I don't want violence against these assholes. Well, actually, no, I don't want to say that. If you are, <laughs> no, no if you're, far. if you're a terrorist type, you're Manassian or whatever that guy's name is, who's gunning, tr- gearing his his truck toward women. Yeah, that guy needs to be fucking killed. I don't have a problem with that. If if that's where you are and you're a terrorist, eh, we'll take you out like we take out every other terrorist out. I don't have a problem with that. So. I retract my retraction. Fuck you guys. (laughs) I I would make one little side comment is that um, when the voicemail mentioned about, you know, prostitution might be a solution. I don't know if he was saying that directly, but kind of sounded like he was saying that, suggesting that might be the case. Um, I think that the idea that it would make the problem worse really kind of reinforces the idea that women become less than people in a lot of ways, even if you legalize it. I think it would just feed into this narrative of these incels. Exactly. Commodity. I think that would be a problem. Yeah. And I think it would also piss them off more because these women are taking their money, so they have control to some Incentive, extent. It's not yeah. it's not real. So yeah. it would That's just right. make them angrier over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was just so. about ejaculating, they could take care of that themselves, which yeah. I'm sure they're quite adept at. Mm. <laughs> 
All right. Anyway, Sean, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Hope we didn't uh, shit on your whole thesis too much. I don't think the, we did. The entrepreneurial spirit of yeah. Sean from Virginia. <laughs> Next up. I, I can see where he's coming from. I, I agree with points, certain points he makes. Yeah. Ben from Seattle. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Uh, ben from Seattle again. I just wanted to call and offer my two cents on this incel story. Uh, I don't really like calling them incels either. I think that uh, that sounds too nice for what these guys represent. But uh, I do think that these guys are an extremist wing of something that I've seen my whole life, and that is guys that don't understand why they can't get dates because they are nice guys, and girls only like jerks. Uh, I think about the one guy who calls himself the Supreme Gentleman, and I think that this is a, this is a problem. Got, uh, a lot of these guys don't understand that they actually come off as creepy. They come mm-hmm. off, you know, come off as overly attentive, uh, a little bit stalkery, and um, they they think that it's enough should be enough that they are quote unquote nice when what they really need to do is they need to work on being kind, and by kind I mean they they need to be kind to everyone, not just the person that they are interested in. And they need to get out of this idea that it's enough, just enough to be a nice guy and then lament about how nice guys finish last. Now, obviously, not all these guys are going to be uh, guys that call themselves nice guys and can't get girls are going to turn into incel terrorists. But it is the extremist wing of that. And I think that we would uh, do well to really redefine our terms here because um, because it, it's, it's a problem. Also for women, I think about that article about the rude ladies that, uh, that Brittany referred to a few, maybe a couple months back, uh, uh, about the woman teaching her daughters to be rude. And what it really is is she's teaching them that it's, that it's not okay to be nice at the expense of your own boundaries. So I think it needs to start with a change in the way we address the whole situation. Just my uh, just my thoughts on the matter. Uh, love the show, and I love both of you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. So there's a there's a point here that I think is great, and it's when he's talking about the overly attentive thing mm. that. And I'm not just talking about normal, lonely people, guys. I'm talking about these this incel, these guys who are teetering on the edge of terrorist light, alt-right light, MRAs, red pill morons, mm-hmm. that they have it in their head how they've decided the woman should be happy to be treated rather than actually figuring out how the woman wants to be treated. Yeah, that's, you know? kind, of, that's kind of what was going through my head because I think that... Like Ben was saying, I I knew guys like that, too, that would say things like, I'm a nice guy. Why isn't she interested? And 
attraction comes down to so many different elements. I mean, there's people who don't find like Ryan Reynolds attractive, you know, (laughs) there's crazy people. There's people who would turn down (laughs) Ryan Gosling. Okay. It just, there's many things that go into it. It's not just, Oh, I'm a nice person. Why doesn't, why isn't this person attracted to me? Um, There's many different variables that could be playing a role in why someone's not attracted to you. Um, So that's odd, but it, it does make me think of like the, the screen, screenshots that I see in those BuzzFeed articles about uh, online dating gone wrong, where a girl will post a screenshot of a guy who message me- messages her and says, hey, uh, you're so beautiful. And then she doesn't respond for like 10 minutes and they write back again and say, hey, bitch, why aren't you, you yeah. know, accepting the compliment? Immediately angry. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like they're they're nice to a point and then they start demanding things like, excuse me, I'm being nice. Why aren't you right. reciprocating? Kind of what you were saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. No, I, I was, I also noticed that Ben hit like two really good points. What, the first one being how he mentioned he didn't like calling them incels. The, even the term incel, involuntary celibate, kind of sounds like a toned down version of a rapist, basically. And it's kind of reminds me of the alt-right, you know, they're just basically Nazis and white supremacists and they just basically, you know, turn their name into something a little bit more palatable and a little bit more accessible to the mainstream audience. So that way people can kind of consume it a little bit easier. So I think, I think Ben saying that incel and not calling him that is a really good point, you know, thing to mention. And then the second thing I want to mention is that these nice, you know, these guys that consider them nice guys, or whatever, really at the end of the day... They don't sound too nice. They don't sound too nice, exactly. And women know that. Yeah, and more in particular, I think a lot of these guys fail to take no for an answer and realize that it's not personal. So I think that's a lot of this. Again, yeah. again, it's entitlement. It's- yeah, because there are moments where, you know, it just you don't, you're not connecting and it's for whatever reason. I mean, it's... It, it takes two to tango. Just yeah. because you're sexually attracted to whomever right. doesn't mean they're obligated to repay the fucking favor. Yeah. It's just so weird. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Ben. We appreciate it very much. And we have one more voicemail before we launch into a couple of emails. Hey, guys, it's Dan from Oceanside. Just wanted to follow up with that uh, incel discussion you were having, at least as it relates to YouTube, something I've noticed. So when I was coming out of a uh, you know religious faith 10 or so years ago, YouTube was the place I could watch Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett and Christopher Hitchens and, you know, like debates and lectures and stuff. So as one does, I watched a ton of those. Uh, and there seemed to be a really thriving kind of community of people that were going through a similar thing I was at the time. Uh, so, you know, I never really engaged. I I never like left comments or got in discussions, but it just seemed like they had the feel that there were a lot of people, uh, and that was a little bit comforting that a lot of people felt the same way I did and was, was thinking similar things. Um, and then, you know, 10 years later or so that, you know, YouTube's algorithm still suggests things for me and I haven't really paid attention or, or watched all that much of that kind of content in the last, you know, eight or nine years, but what I get suggested now, I recognize a lot of the like the, the figurehead people that I would have watched at the time are now making these like misogynist, anti-feminist like content, if not full on, you know, like a Sarkhan of Akkad, like full art, alt-right, uh, or they have a show and they're having, you know, someone like a Milo on with regularity. Um, 
stuff, it's, it's curious to me because it, I don't know how you square the idea of like a secular humanist uh, kind of structure with the idea that someone's body is owed to me as a right, which seems like the complete inverse of that. Um, and it just troubles me that it seems like the same people I watched then are making this kind of content. And I don't know why that why that's connected, but it definitely seems to be. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Yeah, I mean, this is... He's touching on the atheist community. Yeah. Right? And kind of what the atheist community has morphed into and or certainly flirting with quite yeah, a bit well in some figures like he said like some and you know more about that sargon sargon of what's the his real name carl benjamin carl benjamin yeah. i don't want to call him that carl benjamin Dickhole. that guy's a fucking piece of he's shit he's the one who during I mean, a, other than that he's probably a pretty cool guy he's the one during the q a that said that someone should get raped or something yes yeah um so i don't he also said uh, uh i wouldn't rape you yeah shit like that uh, yeah i don't know about that and i don't know how much influence he has in the atheist community or what his following is but yeah that's scary and i i don't understand how it would be appealing either because like dan said secular humanism humanism uh yeah <laughs> caring for people and the greater good mankind leaving the world better than you found it all yeah. of these ideas uh another one of those idiots is that uh the kangaroo guy, the kangaroo atheist, the Devin Tracy, whatever his name is. They all uh-huh. kind of have built this persona for themselves as free speech people, but they're giving refuge to these ideas and giving aid and comfort to this type of individual who feels alienated, who feels as an other, and they're legitimizing their fucking insecurities that are that are blossoming into violence well and he mentioned christopher hitchens and i would love for christopher hitchens to be here and give talk some sense into these people yeah with all his faults especially related to women and you know like the women aren't funny thing he would be fucking knocking heads together intellectually i mean he doesn't think women are funny but he's not going to be writing redistribution of sex articles right Championing the fucking sex robot industry. Goddamn. <laughs> oh. So, uh, emails. Okay. This is from Ian. Hi, folks. I'm doing this via email because I'm a meandering dummy when I talk off the cuff. Just wanted to give an addendum to my call. One, when I said critique, I meant critiquing the greater incel coverage by opening up it up to include the Jordan Petersons of the world. It's a quick jump from Peterson to Galaxy Brain Dave Rubin to Milo to Alt-Right. It's why I think people like Peterson, in addition to being mind-numbingly boring, are dangerous. I liked your quote-unquote segment. I think terrorist-ish was actually a pretty astute way to frame it. Forgive me. Too. How dare you, sir? I actually think it's a failing from people on our side that Peterson is so seductive. Those people are right that we live in a hell world and society has failed far too many people. Peterson offers a prescription, a wrong one, but a prescription all the same. I think we need to provide a better one. Three, I did mean segment. I'm not hip to your fancy Hollywood terms. Stop censoring my speech. Four, <laughs> being your incel, <laughs> incel liaison makes me happier than I can possibly express. You're not the liaison. See, listen, you got to get hip to the, the secret Hollywood handshake fucking words we use. Senior Ian. correspondent. You're senior correspondent, not yeah. senior 
What did he say? Liaison. Liaison. Yeah. Fucking government speak. This fucking guy with his Georgetown bullshit. I know. Come on, Ian. Get it together. I agree with him, though. Mm-hmm. As stupid as that email was, I can't believe he's he's our correspondent. Yeah. Uh, it is a short hop. I think he knows I'm joking. I hope the audience does. Uh, I, it is a short hop from idiots like Dave Rubin, from, jo- from Jordan Peterson, in through that red pill and MRA community Mm -hmm. and again it's giving these disaffected youth who turn into young men who remain men uh, it bolsters their ideas and their insecurities well i don't like ian saying that it's on people on our side well i guess he can say that but it's not like (laughs) on me or ian because we're in the trenches and we're trying to take on people who believe these things and believe that Jordan Peterson is the savior, um, Yahweh. Ugh. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough out there. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. We do not have a new name to announce. We just did the podcast yesterday. so That is true. Yeah. Um, but you can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon, like the drop set, and support the show. You can give any amount you want, a dollar a month, $2 a month, $10 a month, literally any amount you want. <laughs> Um, I was wondering when you were going to stop. <laughs> um, we have different prizes, I guess you could call prizes. them. Yeah, depending. I think they're called rewards. Rewards. I couldn't think of the word. I'm still sick. And if you give $5 a month, you get a sticker. We send you a sticker. Some stickers. And you are, yeah, some stickers, I think three. And you get in on the monthly hangout call. That's right. Um, Which is a good time. Yeah, to hang out with us and yeah. the listeners and talk about issues uh, twice a month. And then, if you give $10 or above, you... You get all of that and a live stream on YouTube that we do weekly. Correct. For yes. the podcast. Yes. So you yeah. can watch us do it live. And it. if you we'll do it live. If you want to get I Doubt It merchandise, you can go to dollamore.info and buy yourself a mug or a shirt or something real cool. Yes. And of course, shopping on Amazon. dollamore.com slash Amazon. That was quite the protracted read. You're welcome. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Donald Trump was in uh, Texas. I believe Dallas, Texas at the NRA convention today. And he gave a 46-minute ridiculous screed speech that was applauded maniacally by the boneheads in the audience who clearly have little knowledge of civics, history, politics, government, or just how the real fucking world works. You know, I'm going to have to disagree. I think today is the day that Donald Trump became president. Oh, again. Because of Finally, this speech. today yeah. is the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I just... I want to play this like minute long clip of him talking about, you know, pandering, pandering, pandering to this gun audience. I think the audience knows well enough that I don't believe uh, that 
that we should repeal the Second Amendment. I, I fully support people's um, right, constitutional right to own weapons. I don't have a problem if you have a handgun in your house. It's, I don't fucking care. I don't bother me. It doesn't bother me. But he couches this argument as though to this audience full of gun nut asswipes. And I say that because if you're in the NRA, you're a problem. The NRA isn't fighting for your rights. The NRA is fighting for profits for gun manufacturers and ammunition manufacturers. They don't give a fuck about the memberships. They were, they're a lobbying organization for gun manufacturers. So you're either a moron well, no, you're just a moron. I mean, there's no other. Anyway, listen to this a minute clip, about a minute and 16 or so, of Tr Donald Trump just pandering to this crowd and them just lapping up the piss puddles. <laughs> the people in this hall have never taken our freedom for granted. Never. And you have never stopped fighting for our beloved Constitution. Incredible people. Mm. So great. You give your time, your energy, your vote, and your voice to stand strong for those sacred rights given to us by God, including the right to self-defense. And now, thanks to your activism and dedication, you have an administration fighting to protect your Second Amendment, and we will protect your Second Amendment. Your Second Amendment rights are under siege, but they will never, ever be under siege as long as I'm your president. So, your Second Amendment rights, everybody. Oh, they're so under siege. You know, any white man could get up and say that and they would clap for it. It doesn't matter who's saying it, how true it is. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. I wonder matter. what the percentage of incels in that crowd is. Well, because... Dudes who can't get laid so they feel like the, the their gun is an extension of their dick. Oh, um, yeah. Look yeah. at my big metal dick. Uh, what's happening right it now? Shoots loads. All right. What big the, metal. I don't what know. What is happening right now? <laughs> it's know. enough. <laughs> That's enough. Um, yeah. Listen. Well, no, I want to say something first. All yeah. Right. Tone it down over there. Um, <laughs> so weren't more guns sold under Obama than yes. like any other? Right. Yes. So th he's trying to act like your your guns are going to get taken away. I mean, they're still trying to say these. Th aren't they tired of saying these things and making these arguments? I, I would ask this of Donald Trump and any other ding dong who subscribes to this attitude is how is the Second Amendment under siege? Yeah. When Republicans hold power, Republicans dominate in the house they dominate in the senate and they dominate the executive branch how in the fiddle and fuck is the second amendment under siege yeah trying to ratchet up if, that fear to keep is, republicans elected if That's it is it's because of donald trump that it's under siege because no one is it's not under siege also there's no legislation that's being proposed right now that would curtail their rights to own weapons uh background checks universal background checks isn't and impinging, it doesn't impinge upon their right. Well, um, I've I've actually had like most recently a lot of conversations with conservatives I knew back in high school, and um, th there's a commonality that I hear from 
the idea that they believe that there's this conspiracy that the left is trying to quietly take away their guns by doing it one step at a time. Incrementally. Even though there's no... In- incrementalism. Yeah, incrementally. Yeah. Exactly. And this Boiling is a common... frog. Exactly. And it's a common theory that I keep hearing repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. And they keep, like, citing Canada, that they lost all their guns and lost all their freedom. Uh, you know, a lot of these crazy conspiracies. And when I keep coming back to the same topic about, you know, preventative measures being more effective, they believe that there already is enough preventative measures. Um, it, it seems to me that the most common issue is that it's not really about whether it's true or not. It's that it's what they're hearing from someone else. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, it, 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 I keep coming back to Fox News or whatever right wing media outlet that is feeding into that narrative. They don't care about the truth. They just care about the words and the narrative that is being spoken because it's really just outlandish. Well, they also feel threatened that a majority probably of the population disagree with them. And you have these huge walkouts and you have these teenagers who are talking to thousands of people about gun control and yeah. they feel very threatened by that and feel like people are, are trying to infringe on their rights just for talking about it. The next couple clips kind of, they, they really convey this as well, but it's, it's a weird thing that they, it's believing what they want to believe. Mm-hmm. They hear what they want to believe. Right. In this next clip. I, I this- also think, though, it's the fear. They want to keep that fear present yeah. so that they will continue to vote for Republicans. Because it, it's a motivating factor. Yeah, they want to say, listen, you have to vote. In fact, he, he said this during the speech. I don't know how many times, at least one time. You have to vote for Republicans. Yeah, yeah. Right? We, you have to keep us in office. Yeah. That was my impression. Well, this it was a good one. <laughs> I thought I was t- sitting here with Donald I know, Trump. Right? Yeah, it's long time, tippy top shape, everybody. Good times. <laughs> so th- these next couple clips, and it really does illustrate just how in the fucking tank this audience is. In this first one, Donald Trump talks about the record-breaking, never-before-seen number of judicial confirmations that the Trump administration. Has, uh, has, has witnessed. The Constitution can't be changed by judges, bureaucrats, or the United Nations. That is why we are appointing federal judges who will interpret the law as written. In my first year, I nominated, and the Senate confirmed, more circuit judges than any new administration by far in history. And we will have the all-time record very soon. All-time record. President Obama was very nice to us because he left us a lot of judges tonight. I said, that's a lot of judges. Like almost 140. That's a lot of judges. I was very surprised. I was very happy. And we put an incredible new justice on the Supreme Court, Judge Neil Gorsuch. Yet virtually every single Democrat in the Senate opposed Neil Gorsuch. Okay. Now, just to show you that this isn't several minutes later in the speech or maybe earlier in the speech, that Donald Trump then directly contradicts himself In the same goddamn sentence, he goes from saying it's an all-time record 
Mm-hmm. We've never seen this many judicial confirmations. The Senate confirmation process is just, it's bonkers for Donald Trump right now. We are getting so many people confirmed. Here's the same the same sentence. In fact, I've overlapped the clips where he talks about uh, Gorsuch. Judge Neil Gorsuch. Yet virtually every single Democrat in the Senate opposed Neil Gorsuch, just like they have consistently opposed judges who will protect your basic freedoms. And by the way, the way they're slow-walking people that are supposed to be working for us in government. If you look at what they're doing, in the history of this country, there has never been anything like what the Democrats are doing on great people who gave up their jobs and their lives to take a job as an ambassador or people working for our government, and they can't get approved because every single one of them is being slow-walked by the Democrats, and it's never happened before. And you know what? I hope we have long memories, but I hope we don't have to worry about it because we're going to be there a long time, so we won't have to worry about it. But what they're doing is disgraceful. What they are doing, Schumer and the group, what they are doing is disgraceful. So which is it, Dingus? Is it record-breaking, never-seen-before confirmations, or is it record-breaking, never-seen-before obstruction? Mm -hmm. Are they jamming you up, or are you doing all right? They're cheering (laughs) at the record-breaking confirmations, and they're booing fucking seconds later, not even a minute later. They're booing that, oh, Nancy Pelosi, who has nothing to do with confirmations. And Chuck Schumer. Yeah. Ugh. Mm -hmm. NRA, everybody. This is the electorate of the Republican Party right now. Mm -hmm. This is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I find a lot of this very fascinating and quite astounding because the way that Trump talks, he basically talks himself in circles. And I think it's fascinating because I've noticed that people that are his constituents, people that support him, they're adopting his exact same way of talking, as a matter of fact. They, they contradict themselves in the same sentence yeah. pretty consistently. And it, it makes no sense because when you try to point it out to them, they immediately move on from the topic. So it, it's, a, it's clearly, it's a conscious effort is what I believe. I don't believe it's subconscious. I believe it's, he is trying to, and many other people that believe, you know, in their, their agenda, that they're just trying to consciously push it, whatever they want across, regardless of what the, what that morality or the cost or consequences might be. Yeah. It's definitely a, a, the argument is a moving target. Mm-hmm. N- no pun intended since we're talking about the NRA convention. Right. Well, this, this isn't the only, uh issue with the NRA convention. They also got some flack because they announced that it would be a gun-free zone when Mike Pence was speaking and Donald Trump was speaking, correct? That's right. We strongly believe in allowing highly trained teachers to carry concealed weapons. They're highly trained. And we want highly trained security guards. 98% of mass public shootings have occurred in places where guns are banned, just so you understand. Tragically, as we've seen, there's no sign more inviting to a mass killer than a sign that declares 
This school is a gun-free zone. Come in and take us. So there he sits, stands, as it were, on the stage in a room with nary a gun that's not held by a Secret Service agent, decrying gun-free zones in schools. Mm -hmm. The reason he has a gun-free zone in that room is because it fucking works, and it creates a safe atmosphere for those that need to be protected, just like in a fucking school where the children are the commodity that needs to be protected. What's interesting, though, is even in a gun-free school zone, wouldn't the like school resource officer, yes, for example, be armed? Yes. So it's, it, it's the same it situation. A, that's why it was such a controversy when that cop was armed, didn't go in there to kill the shooter. Right. It's, it's not saying, hey, come in here. They have armed school resource officers. Every school I went to, I had an armed school resource yeah. officer. I'm I'm pretty sure that's just the norm. Um, so it, it may be a gun-free zone, meaning like the teachers aren't armed, but there's still an armed, trained person on the campus. Yeah. Just like Donald Trump is surrounded by armed, trained men in his gun-free zone. Right. Or as he would call them, gun adept. Mm. <laughs> I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of what is missed by the Republican Party in their narrative is that, you know, how they accomplish this. You know, they're just more talking about the talking points and just saying it. But if you were to look at it, not just the logistics, but even the realistic aspect of it, like, for example, you know, someone if a mass shooter came on campus with an AR-15 or any other assault rifle or, you know, any kind of high capacity weapon, how do you expect, what kind of weapons would you uh, arm the teachers? Handguns? Because a handgun is not going to be rivaling that of a rifle. The, 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 the difference between the two in terms of firepower and capabilities is way too astronomical. Mm -hmm. It's just too big of a difference. You don't, you're not going to win a firefight like that yeah. unless you get really lucky. And then you're looking at the, the casualties of which you know, bullets could go through walls and hit another student. Or you could be looking at... You know, if that teacher has a gun and then he leaves the area or if the SWAT team enters the area, they can mistake him for the shooter. There is there's just too many variables that could go awry. And it's just it doesn't make sense. It, it only feeds to, uh, to a bad narrative. Well, I saw people defending this saying, listen, if they allowed people to be armed, then if there was a bad guy shooting, they wouldn't be able to tell who the bad guy was. It would make things difficult. It's like, <laughs> oh, do you think that would also happen in other situations where there's a quote unquote good guy trying to take the shooter yes. out and there's confusion and you know what I mean? I, it, well, these are hectic, chaotic situations where that very well could be the case. Right. In fact, it's, it's very likely that would be the case. Right. But the NRA crowd eats it up. Yeah. Because they are fed simpleton talking points that sound complex and workable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because nuance is not the friend of the lower thinker. And these people are stupid. They're morons. Well, aside from that, we were talking about the NRA convention. And I was wondering what g goes on there. Because I was thinking, oh, do they like... Go we know off. someone who's there right now. Did they go off and shoot the guns at some point? You know, did they do something like the hunting sessions or something? I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what they do there. And you're like, no, it's in a convention center. They just talk about guns. They go to like lectures about guns. Yeah, it's like Politicon we went to this summer. It's like that, except for 
you know, they're they're gun boners. Yeah. So I guess I guess people might think it's weird that we went to Politicon and like listened to political people talk or something. And the way that I feel it's weird that someone would go spend days listening to a gun lecture. Yeah. They might feel it's weird that I went to days of like a political lecture. I don't know. It, it seems strange to me. I, but you also mentioned like technology. Yeah. Like and things. Technology relative to ammunition, technology relative to new new weapons, new guns. Look, I, I mean, I think it's. It's not, I'm not into it, so I think it's weird, Mm -hmm. but I don't begrudge someone for going to it. I just think Even though you're saying they're all dum-dums. Well, the the NRA thing, like if you go to a gun show or something like that, it's different than the NRA convention, Mm. because all you're doing is paying a few hundred bucks to go and bolster the coffers of the NRA, which I I believe is actively damaging America. Mm -hmm. You know, when I call them, you know, uh, they have blood on their hands and they're death merchants. I don't say that with hyperbole. They're, I, these are bad fucking people. Mm-hmm. So I did want to mention, I want to know where Trump finds his statistics of 98% of shootings happening in gun-free zones because I wonder if he gets those statistics from the same place he got his unemployment statistics. Yeah, I don't where know. Where these studies are coming from. Well, I know that he certainly, the American Enterprise Institute, which is uh, you know a conservative think tank, he, he certainly, they they... They couch their statistics in, um, or they get them from conservative outlets that don't always mm-hmm. paint the full picture, um, because it's always any truth they give is always a half truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, we live in weird times. If you haven't noticed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're gonna. I'm gonna wrap this segment. Uh, I want to ask you guys a couple questions because I, I want the audience to get to know you a little bit our first contest winners. Um, there is a question we usually ask of everyone when we first meet, you know, if we meet somebody in person and they've listened to the show for a while, we, we always ask how you found the show and, and what it is that's kept you around. And since you're a Patreon supporter, I guess we could also ask, you know, what, uh, we appreciate it so much. What, what, what uh, motivated you to, to support the show on, on Patreon? Well, I started listening to you guys through Chris because we were renovating our bedroom last summer and he would play you guys while we were working, painting and stuff. And at first I was very resistant. I'm like, no, I don't want to listen to politics. Turn it off. But then I started (laughs) to like it more and more because it was humorful. It was smart. And so I started to like it more. And then when I started sitting at a desk job, eight hours a day I needed stuff to keep my mind stimulated so I started to listen to you guys regularly from there and then I started supporting you guys because it was Chris had a birthday in March so I suppose I did this Patreon as a birthday present to him wow didn't tell him and then you guys said our names on the air and he got to just hear his name come up what a terrible birthday present Chris (laughs) (laughs) He's not very gift motivated. So. <laughs> well, I, I actually loved it because the first thing I did was I texted her saying, did you just, you know, contributed to Dalmore? And I'm like, and then she said surprise right back in the text message. So oh, that's really it, was, cool. it, was, it was a fun, it was really fun watching. Yeah, that, that's because he awesome. had always talked about becoming a Patreon when he had more money. So I was like, well, here you go. That is awesome. That's really cool. Well, we love you guys. We, 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 I mean, our audience is, we, 
I, I really do think we do something special in podcast land. Not we, like we do something special, but us, the audience and us. Yeah. Having a connection with your audience and uh, soliciting um, feedback and even like, hey, if you disagree, call in and shit on me. I, mm-hmm. I, I really think we're doing something different and it's, it is because of the audience. Yeah. Uh, if we had a bunch of assholes listening, I think I would probably not solicit the the calls as much oh (laughs) i think so so uh i guess there's no better way on that note to to wrap the show than uh it's the asshole of today well, I guess it would be the dean and the principal at Braden River High School in Bradenton, Florida. The dean and principal of the high school in Braderton, is that right? Uh, yeah. Braderton, Florida. Mm-hmm. What did these assholes do? So Lizzie Martinez is a 17-year-old junior, mm-hmm. and she got a sunburn, and she could not wear her bra because of her sunburn. Mm-hmm. And so she decided to go to school without her bra, but she thought about it and was strategic about it and decided to wear a loose fitting gray shirt. Sure. Um, because she didn't want to draw attention to her chest because she wasn't wearing a bra and kids have to think about these things. That was um, meant to be a comment that. <laughs> Helps you realize how sad this situation yeah, is. Yeah, right. Um, so she gets to school, and 15 minutes into her class, she's called out by the dean and the principal, both female, and asked why she wasn't wearing a bra. She told them about the sunburn. They say, well, uh, boys are, quote unquote, looking and laughing at you. Wait, 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 wait. The reason they gave for pulling her out of class and... Uh, Pointing out that she wasn't wearing a bra mm-hmm. was because the boy's behavior was unsatisfactory. Yes. And they insisted she was <laughs> violating the dress code, but the school dress code does not require that female students wear a bra. So that's she wasn't violating the dress code. Oh, damn. Um, so they told her to put on an undershirt. Okay, she didn't want to do this. She was really upset. She's crying, but she decided to go ahead and do it um, because her mom was at work and couldn't pick her up. So Mm -hmm. she puts on an undershirt. She comes out and I believe it was the the dean, the dean. Yeah. Instructed her to, quote unquote, stand up and move around for her. Okay. God damn. And sexual harassment. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you're you're obviously understanding what's going on here that she wanted to like see how much movement or something was going on in the shirt, how much was visible. See how the 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 breasts of this minor Right. This child. Yes. I mean, this is what the well, it gets worse. So oh, then Jesus her Christ. her nipple her nipples were visible, and so they asked her to meaning through the like the the end of, they were protruding, not that yes. you couldn't see the nipple, but through the shirt. Yes, yeah. And so then they asked her to bandage them, to put tape over them, and like pasties. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. and so I mean, it just it just continued to get worse. Wow, and 
Um, as you can imagine, there's significant pushback on this because she tweeted about it and it went viral. And good for her. Yeah, there's there's been various movements. I was reading this article. Um, apparently, there's this hashtag that has been created. I am more than a distraction because girls are sick of being singled out at school and being called a distraction because they're the boys. Right. Their behavior. Yeah. The only way to modulate their behavior is to control the behavior of the girls. Yeah, and this isn't the only situation. I was reading the article, and they talked about this situation in March of 2017. Maya and Deanna Cook, two 15-year-old students in the Boston area, they were barred from prom, taken out of extracurricular activities, and threatened with suspension if they wouldn't remove their braided hair extensions. Mm-hmm. Hair extensions are banned. Hair against, extensions? Yeah, against the rules. Hang on. I'm going to go back to this this Florida, the Braden High, Bradenton or whatever high school. This is, imagine, if you're on the fence about this, thinking, oh, well, you know, it's school and you got to abide. If this was a job mm. and your boss took you aside yeah. and said, hey, here's some Band-Aids. Put these on your nipples. <laughs> fuck you. There better be a goddamn lawsuit over this because this is the sexual harassment of a child. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I don't think well, we've had... To, Go ahead, Catherine. Well, just to point out just how stupid this Dean is, she made a comment when she was like suggesting all these ways to hide the girl's boobs. She said, I used to be a fat girl. I have all the tricks. Just to illustrate just how kind of ignorant and stupid this person was. Wow. Who was in charge of these children and trying to deal with the situation that they thought was a problem yeah the new york times article says she said quote i was a heavier girl and i have all yeah. the tricks at my sleeve so wow yeah um i mean can you imagine being a 17 year old girl number one you're trying to learn that's what you're at school for yeah. and they're acting like she's a distraction but how how much of class did she miss i mean they're arguing about the undershirt then they want her to model whether the undershirt is covering her up enough then she needs to Put, cover her nipples with tape. I mean, how long was she out of class? How long was right. she not learning something? Why Why is this not the first thing that these educators, educators would do? Why wouldn't they say, hey, hey, uh, Chad, you're distracted, <laughs> Chad. Why don't you step out of class? What the fuck are you distracted about, guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Stacy's tits are showing. Well, you know what? Pay the fuck attention to what you're supposed to pay attention to and stop sexually harassing and ogling the girl in class. Right. Well, why I is think- that? Why is it? Why is it the onus on the girl and not the goddamn Chad? I think you're touching on something that's very important, which is from a young age, men see this happen that women are forced to fall in line. So as to not upset them or distract them, right? It's yeah. it's the women that are having to change yeah. their behavior. And you, you nail it right on the head, as a matter of fact, because uh, I remember through my high school years, uh, you know, I grew up in a very conservative location in school, and it was it was always flipped around. As a guy, you'd always notice that women would have to adapt to men's needs in the school, while it was. While men, when they were meant to be held accountable, unless it was sexual, like explicit sexual harassment, they'd always be treated with a bit of kid gloves. And I, I wasn't in high school more than like, you know, so that was back in 2011. So it wasn't that long ago. 
because mm-hmm. boys will be boys. Yeah. They're going to laugh at your tits and we just are going to let them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in this uh, New York Times article, there is a story about a third grader who was told that her shorts were too short by her male teacher. Yeah. And it's, I mean, she's in third grade. I, what do you saw her walk in the door and you thought she was looking too hot for in the shorts yeah, right. or like, what is going on? Yeah. They're too short. What did they... She's a third grader. <laughs> well, when we first started the podcast four years ago, there was a there was a case in Virginia somewhere where a girl got kicked out of her prom. Yeah, because the dads right felt too sexually attracted to her, and it was her, on her. The onus was on her to leave, not them to get their raging dad boners and under control. <laughs> but again, why are these Stacys hooking up with all these chads? Why isn't there an equal distribution? Full circle, everybody. <laughs> and I, I do I do wonder if there is a uh, genuine conversation to be had in regards about it. Like, you know, maybe maybe as a maybe as a male teacher, not not that they the, whether they're a male teacher really matters, but maybe a teacher recognizes that maybe something is a little bit scandalous and they're a little bit worried about, you know, repercussions upon them. There is a discussion to be had about that. The problem is, is the method that they're going with. Uh, they should probably be talking with other uh, educators first, talking to the principal first, and then talking to the parents next. That way you can get multiple perspectives. That's why you have a dress code. And if they violate the dress code, then you say you're in violation of the dress code because of X, Y, and Z, and you got to go home and change. Boom. Yeah. If it's not within the confines of the dress code, meaning like the bra thing's not in there, well, then fucking put it in there if it's that important. Yeah, especially the idea of them like sending them home would be a is a smart idea because as we just heard, you know, they went through all this hassle of just kind of doing all these little obstacles to try to cover up her breasts for, you know, how much time do they waste on that? And yeah. how much pain do they anyways. go through that and that whole process when they could just send her home and have her come back within an hour? Um, I it, hope it, I hope they sue the fuck out of the school. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to end it there. Catherine and Chris, we appreciate you guys joining us. Congratulations on this inauspicious award. <laughs> and thank you so much for your support. Yes. And I, I love the story too of the birthday gift. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, kind of a bummer for Chris, but awesome all the way around <laughs> for everybody else. So we're going to leave you there. Listen, if you have anything you'd like to add, we would love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We are waiting for your communication, helping us move the conversation forward episode by episode. We'll see you next time for Catherine and Chris and Brittany Page. I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. You know, I'm going to have to disagree. I think today is the day that Donald Trump became president.